This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Amen. Well, I told my wife I wasn't going to be before you long. That means I'm only going to do one conclusion instead of three. One closing. So I'm going to cut my closings down. <laughs> well, listen, we're in our, still continuing in our Together series, and I don't know about you, but I've been, I'm excited about this series. I've I just really been, it's been blessing me, um, just, just seeing what God says about us being together as one. Of course, you know, our foundation of Scripture comes from Hebrews the 10th chapter, and I read it every week because I really want it to settle in your hearts in a way that you begin to truly understand it. Hebrews 10, 10th chapter, verse 24, 25, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so I just I pray that you, like I said, I'm being, you're being blessed as much as me in this series. You know, the Holy Spirit laid this series on my heart, and I, I know it wasn't by accident. I know it's because of the time that we're living in, and it's time for us, the body of Christ, to come together. When I say come together, I'm not talking about, you know, continuing to let dividing lines get in the way, to let denominational and, and doctrinal Things, but for us to truly come together as the one body of Christ. See, because when Jesus does return, he's not coming back looking for somebody over here on this corner and somebody over there in that corner, somebody that's over here. No, he's coming back for his one body. His one body. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that body. And I want to do all that I can do to show him that I am a part of that one. So, so we've been hanging, hanging here with this together, you know, uh, uh, so far in this year of 2022, and we're going we're gonna to hang around a little longer. You know, it's sort of like uh, when you were growing up and, 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 and your mama caught a sale on chicken in the store. And because they had such a great sale, y- y'all remember when you used to buy the whole chickens and cut them up, right? Ain't talking about them parts. You couldn't afford the parts cut up already. They cost more. When we were coming up, I'm, you know, she come home with no, no, no package or no chicken breast. She come home and so, so catch that big sale. Mom, we having for dinner tonight? Fried chicken. A couple of days go by. Mom, we having for dinner tonight? Baked chicken. What are we having for dinner tonight? Some broiled chicken. Go a couple more days. What are we having? Chicken salad. <laughs> chicken, chicken, chicken. Why I'm talking, why am I saying that? Because we're going to be together, 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 together. I want us to be, you know, uh, uh, so ingrained in togetherness that it begins to reflect in us and not just be something that we're talking about. 
Because when we begin to see it, then we know that we are walking it out. And it's not because it's the, the focus for this year, but it's because it's God's word. So it's just doing his word, doing his will. So we're going to be feeding, just like we had to eat that chicken. We're going to be eating this togetherness for a little while longer. Amen? <laughs> you know, the thing about it is this. It's important because the net togetherness points us back to the cross. I do realize that. See, remember last week I talked about it starts with a vertical. See, that's a vertical. That's a relationship. See, we become together with God. See, when we become part of him, we don't, he doesn't save us and we separate. We become part of him. Then there's this horizontal part, which means we now that we are together with God, now we can be together with one another. That's why it's important. It just points us back to the very foundation of what we say we are. We're believers. We're disciples. We're part of the body of Christ. So that means that we are together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, if God didn't feel it necessary to separate himself and to be one, there's no way we can stand up in him and say we're going to be separate. My God. Could you imagine if God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were doing their own thing? <laughs> See, think about that for yourself. That's a thought. That was a trap. See, I want you to think about that, and then I was going to say, okay, now what about you? Are you making it your purpose in life to be together? Last week, uh, week before, we started out with being stronger together. We know that, you know, two are better than one. We know that, that, that where, two, where one can fail and be overtaken, two coming together gives us some strength. Then we learn about being united together as one, one mind, one vision, one voice. We're saying one mission, brother. We, we're saying the same things, and we're doing the same things, and we're, we're out there as one. See, there's only one gospel message. There's only one calling that we all are called to. But we are one. Last week, we talked about being together in love. Whew, man, understand that the love of Jesus is it's just it's so wide. Man, it's wide enough to embrace all of mankind all at one time. Man, it's so strong that it can stand the test of time. It doesn't matter what comes, with storms that rise up. It's strong enough. Look, it's so deep that his wisdom, man, we were just talking about earlier about his comprehension. It's just so beyond us. But his wisdom is such that it, it can reach to the deepest depths. And then it's so high that it outreaches everything or anything that the enemy could scheme against us. By the time he get there, God's already there like this. Aren't you glad? See, I, 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 I've been really learning about God. Because I've been really pressing into him. I said, God, I want to know you like I've never known you before. 
And, and, and in doing that, I'm beginning to really see God truly for who he is. And if you ever get to that place and you get enlightened in that way, when you really begin to understand who God is, it's nothing. No circumstance, no situation. It's nothing that's going to stop you and cause you not to trust God. So remember I said last week, Paul, you can't convince Paul that God isn't who he said he is. That woman with the issue of blood, you can't convince her that Jesus can't heal. You can't convince Lazarus that he can't raise you from the dead. And see, we got to get to that place in, in our testimony that we have one of those, you can't convince me otherwise about my God. Because when you get there and it begins to spread into all areas of your life, not just some, but every area of your life, that's when you can just truly walk in a place. Man, people see you skipping down the street, trying to wonder, man, what is going on with them? And they don't even understand. You just come to a place of understanding of your God. Aren't you glad about that? Look, look, that's enough right there for you to get happy about. See, I done already, I done already gave you two Two, two dynamic messages. I gave you one in the transition. I gave you another one right there. You, man, y'all should leave out of here today. I mean, y'all be so full, y'all should be walking like this. Full of the Holy Spirit, full of God. Man. Love of God. Listen, Paul, Paul prayed. Remember, we talked about that prayer in Ephesians, the third chapter. He, he prayed this prayer. It was so intent because he wasn't just praying. He, he prayed that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith, that you would be what? Rooted and grounded in love. Yeah, he said, why? Why? Because that, that you can comprehend with one another, not just by yourself. See, he didn't want you to come to that understanding. See, I don't want to just know. I don't want to just understand uh, 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 what the, what the, what the, uh, uh, the width and, and, and the breadth and the height and the depth of his love is. Because if I'm the only one who understands that, then we can't walk together. But we all understand that. Then nothing is going to get in the way of what we are doing or what we are trying to accomplish in God. See, I told you, this thing, every day, all day today, it's been something going on. Just give me the other mic. No, he not. All right. So, anyway, I'm not even going to go back to that. We're going to keep on moving on in victory. But listen, I don't want to be there by myself. I want us all to be there. So y'all purpose to do the same? All right, because I don't want to be walking by myself. 
See, I don't want to be walking down and I look back and I don't see nobody. But the thing about it, though, one thing, I know I'm not by myself. Because I got three with me. I got three with me. I want you to be with me too. But I got three. <laughs> three and one. Hallelujah. So today we're going to turn our focus now on peace. I already introduced it because I, I, had, to, I, had, to, I had to go back and Go back and dig in there myself this morning. Okay, God, I need your peace. Together in peace. Now, generally speaking, we, we, we have a misconception of peace. I don't know why we're not having no slides up, but can somebody let me know what's going on? I want to text my wife and let her know if something's going on, there's no slides. Together in peace. See, sometimes we think, you know, we look at the, 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 the modern day dictionary, we, we think Peace can be defined as tranquility, harmony, or security. Whew. See, many times we think that peace is the absence of chaos and confusion and uh, uh, controversy. We think that peace means that it's not going to be any trouble. See, the world perspective is that when they say, I'm, 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 I'm in search of peace, we need to have peace. But that's not the definition of peace that's illustrated in God's word. And so, instead of using the, the American dictionary to understand peace for my life and for your life, I encourage you to use God's word to help define what your peace is going to be like. See, it's evident that the Apostle Paul, he understood something about peace. I don't know if you ever realized it or not, or you ever paid attention to it or not, but each of the epistle letters that he wrote, it starts with some variation of a greeting that says grace and peace to you from our Lord, our Father, brother, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, a lot of times we gloss over that and we go right on to the text. But there's something about that greeting. And I began to look at it, and it just, just blew my mind. I just began, went back and looked at it. He greeted the Galatian church. He greeted the Ephesian church, the Philippian church, the Colossians church, the Thessalonian church, in each of those greetings, you go back verses one or two, sometime verse three, in those letters, he starts grace and peace. And I don't think he was just, you know, how sometimes we just have a greeting and we just want to say that. No, he was saying this because it meant something. Even when he greeted, uh, greeted individuals, when he greeted Timothy, Titus, Philemon, when he greeted them, same, grace and peace. See, I tell you, anytime something is repeated over and over and over, you need to stop and say, okay, God, what is this? What are you saying? What is it that I need to understand about whatever it is that's being repeated? So you gotta understand something about grace and peace. Grace and peace is really the summation of Christianity. See, a lot of times we don't even, we gloss right over that. 
We say, okay, he was greeting them. Oh, but he's greeting us. <laughs> See, it's a summation. See, you understand something. You can't fully experience peace without grace. See, the peace that we are talking about is more than this sign. Peace. See, they're not going to give you the peace that we're talking about. But you're going to have to understand grace to experience the peace. What are you talking about, Pastor Charles? Or you do realize that your salvation is as a result of God's grace. <laughs> the Bible says that we are saved by. <sighs> saved by grace. What does that mean? That means we don't even deserve it. It means we can't earn it. We actually deserve the opposite. See, we deserve the opposite of what grace is. But God in his mercy, what did he do? He sent Jesus. He sent him so that sinners can be justified. So that the ones who deserve to be separated, which is all of us, from him, can, 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 can be connected to him. Can be brought near to him. So that those of us that are the enemies of God, so you know you're an enemy of God when you're walking in sin, right? So those that are enemies of God can become his friends. So that, that, that all of us were on our way to, 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 to face a eternal punishment, but because of grace, we now can receive eternal life. You know you need some grace, don't you? See, understand, God created this plan. We're playing, tell my pastor, the plan of salvation. We didn't make that up. God created the plan of salvation. When he did, he created it. He wrote it out. He made it up. He said, this is what it's going to be. And then he sent Jesus to fulfill it. So what are you saying? Oh, he took that plan from the inception to the completion. <laughs> I said, that's grace. We know we need his grace. See, see, that's why Paul greeted with grace. So what about peace? See, you gotta understand, Paul was a Jew. And, and, and peace was incredibly important to the Jews. See, the word peace used in these uh, greetings is uh, irene, irene. It's the Greek version of the Hebrew word shalom. It means the same. And see, shalom was important to, 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 to the chosen ones of God. See, they, were, they realized that when sin came in, shalom, just like when man fell, Man was cut off from God. So was Shalom. The peace of God. That was cut off. So, so Paul understood that we're in search of. 
We not only know that when Jesus comes, he's going to restore the relationship to the Father, but he's going to restore the shalom. He's going to restore us with God, but he's also going to restore the peace of God in our lives. See, if you're trying to, to achieve the peace of God without having a relationship with God, you're wasting your time. Because it's not going to happen. But he understood that. Matter of fact, if you go back and read some of the, some of the, the commentators, they'll tell you, see, back then they were Greek, shalom. What are they saying? Peace. They're saying the peace of God. That wasn't just a, 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 a fancy greeting. It meant something to them. And that's why he, 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 he let, every time he would greeted them, he said, grace and peace. What was he saying? He was saying, salvation <laughs> and God's peace. Hallelujah. The blessings of Jesus Christ and the peace of God be unto you. Remember that he's writing the letter to believers. So he greeted them. He was letting them know. He reminded them always that, man, it's only by grace of God that we have the peace of God in our lives. <laughs> so that's the critical connection between grace and peace. We need them both. You can't have peace without the grace. And when you get the grace, peace is coming. So, 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 so what does this have to do with us being together in peace? Glad you asked. What does peace mean for us? What's the benefit of it? Turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 14. Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 14, 14 through 18, it says this. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are who were afar off, and to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to one spirit, by one spirit to the Father. See, I told you, it points back to the cross. So what does it mean for us? What is peace for us? Paul started out, he let us know right from the very beginning. He, 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 didn't, he didn't waste any time. He, 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 didn't, he didn't, I'm going to let you know right from the beginning. He, he started out by he says, when he says, he is our peace. Who is he? He is Jesus. 
Therefore, Jesus is our peace. <laughs> see, see, the scripture declares that God is the God of peace. He is shalom. So if, if, if God is shalom, and the Son of God is Jesus, who is the embodiment of the Father, guess what he is? <laughs> He's peace. Look, Isaiah even said he called Jesus what? The Prince of Peace. See, we got to stop looking for peace in our jobs. Peace in your house. I didn't say you don't want peace in your house. Stop looking for peace in your house. Peace in people. Peace in affiliations. Because Isaiah said, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. God is peace. <laughs> what are you saying, Pastor? The only way you're going to experience peace, you got to know Jesus. See, see, y'all remember, I, 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 I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Because it's, it's, it's profound. No Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W. No Jesus, no peace. So the answer to your peace, your searching for peace, is Jesus. You got to know him. See, and if God is peace, then you have to know Jesus to understand peace. And the way we, 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 we get to know Jesus, we have to draw close to him. We have to... See, you can't get this thing from afar. You can't get this thing peeking from the outside looking in. You got to get all the way inside to experience what God has for us. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. How are you going to draw near to God? and experience his peace. It starts at the altar. Salvation. It starts with accepting him as Lord and Savior. That's your starting point. But it don't stop there. Because after you get that part, then that's when the real process begins. See, see the forgiveness is instant. This is where we get mixed up. See, the forgiveness is instant. As soon as you say, God, forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. Boom, it's there. But the process called sanctification don't happen instantly at the altar. It's something you got to put some time in to happen. So we're trying to grow in God. But we don't want to go through the process. And we find ourselves being spiritual midgets. Because we don't want to endure the process to grow. Now this is a 
be a real good time for me to throw a plug in for deeper. See, it's not just coming on Sundays that you get your... Sunday is not just the day you get your sanctification. Sunday shouldn't be the only day that you get in the Word of God that you're going through the process. This is like saying I'm going to eat once a week. See, y'all trying to get ahead of me. I was going to say that next. See, that's another plug to get in a group so you can grow together. Together. This is not a solo walk. You only have to walk one time, but really twice by yourself. You got to come to the altar on your own. And when you stand before him in the end, it's going to be just you. But everything in between, he said, together, 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 one body, one body, one body, and members. <sighs> See, as we come into relationship with him and we grow in our knowledge and understanding of him, that's how we begin to grow in peace. That's how we begin to understand the peace and experience peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said this. He said, peace, I leave with you. My peace. See, he made it real plain. I'm going to give it to you. Not as the world gives. See, he wanted to clarify. It's not coming from the world. I'm going to give you this peace. It's going to be a gift. I'm going I'm to give it to you. Then he goes on to say, let, your, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because I gave you my peace. But if you don't know that God is trying to give you the gift, you'll never come before him with the open heart to receive it. See, one thing about God, he doesn't force anything on you. Oh, he could do it. He could clone us. He could make us all accept him. But that's not his way. He wants you to say, God, I want your peace. I want to experience your peace. I want to know you more than just the day I came to the altar. I want to know you more than what I read about. I want to experience the words and let them become part of my life. See, see, you got to understand that, that, that what he was saying, though, don't get it confused. He didn't say because you get my peace, it's not going to be no chaos. It's not going to be no controversy. It's not going to be no trouble. See, peace is not the absence of controversy. Let me show you. See, see, Paul, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians. And, 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 and a whole lot of stuff. Matter of fact, I used the word mess. What's going on then? And guess what? 
it's a whole lot of mess going on today. Ain't nothing changed. They needed peace back then. <laughs> and we need peace today. Not the peace that the world gives. Because their peace ain't going to last. It's only for a moment. It's going to last as long as you doing what they say or you're acting the way they want you to or you're pleasing them. Step out of line. I can say a whole lot behind that. But, 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 even in the midst of controversy, the expectation still is for us to be unified together, walking in the peace of God. Because trouble comes, because situations rise up, doesn't mean that we step out of the peace of God to join the fray. No, we're supposed to be the ones walking. We're supposed to be the ones that people say, oh my gosh, there's something about them. I need to go find out what they're doing. I need to go find out how they're living the way they're living. How they're standing even in the midst of all this stuff and it doesn't have them all out of sorts. The peace of God. What was happening back then? Look, the Jews and the Gentiles were being brought together. Ain't this something? It was good news for the Gentiles because they were the ones that were far off. But when you know, when, 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 the, when the gospel started going out to them, when you think that it'll be a great celebration, oh, they're going to be like us now. They're going to have the same rights. You know, the, the wall's going to be torn down that separates us. But some of the Jews didn't like that. That's just like somebody coming to the altar that don't look like me. And because they come to the altar, I don't want them to experience the salvation of Christ. That's foolishness. But that's what we do when we divide ourselves. See, see, what was being offered right then was the same hope, the same peace, the same joy, all the rights. For the Gentiles who weren't part of that promise in the beginning. See, they were looking back on, well, we the promised ones. It's only for me. No. For God so loved the world. He gave. See, but those who were trusting in him, they received the message of oneness. They understood that we're not going to be separated any longer. We're going to be one. One don't mean same. But it does mean one. See, what Jesus did when he went to the cross, he put to death the enmity that, that, that was between them. All that stuff now has been moved. It was no longer a different class of people. It was just one. That's what the text said. It became one. The two became one. We think that only applies to marriage. 
No, it applies to your everyday life. That means you're supposed to be loving everybody. It doesn't matter what their persuasion. It doesn't matter what affiliation. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they came from. Because one is one. See, the blood of Jesus, it, 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 it not only reconciled the Gentiles to God. See, when he, 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 he now gave the plan of salvation, see, that was the mystery that Paul was talking about. See, the mystery was that, that now salvation was being extended to the Gentiles. But see, it not only uh, uh, reconciled them to God, it reconciled them to the brothers Jews, to their brothers and sisters who weren't like them. And that's what it does for us. See, see, when we come into a relationship with God, yes, we do have that relationship. We've been reconciled to God, but you've also been reconciled to your brother and sister. Look around. Everybody that's in here right now, those that are even on, 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 out there in virtual land today, every person that stands and says, I am a believer, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, guess what? You've been reconciled to them. That's why I know in, in, in my old church, we, we don't hear it a whole lot in the modern day. But we all refer to everybody as brother and sister. Brother Charles. Sister Lori. But in the modern day, we don't want to show that we some kin. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not from that family. But you're trying to be a part of the family. <sighs> Reconcile. <laughs> See, the individual choice we make is accepting God, accepting Jesus. But you don't get to make an individual choice on the horizontal side. He didn't give us that opportunity. He didn't give us that choice. See, you, you can't say, well, I, I, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm choose to be with them, but not them. No. Automatically, when you did this, you do that. And that's the way we have to start walking. We have to understand, we can't walk past each other. We can't act like we don't see each other. We can't act like we don't see our brothers and sisters in need. And it doesn't always mean that you have to come out of your pocket. Sometimes all you got to do is go on your knees. Sometimes all it takes is an encouraging word to somebody to let them know, I care about you. We are together as one. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. It's something to the old saying that says, the, 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 look, the strongest... See, 
You can only be as strong as the weakest link. So how are we going to advance the kingdom if somebody is weak that's on the team? That's what it means, being together. <sighs> mm. See, y'all know what colonia means, right? Y'all do know it don't mean isolation. Y'all do know that, right? But see, we love live stream. I love it. I'm glad that God gave the technology, the understanding, because see, God already knew. He said, okay, this thing is going to come that I'm going to allow. It's going to cause a shift. But the shift was for the gospel to go to places. See, we were already doing a live stream. But it wasn't far-reaching. We had no digital footprint. It ran every week. We didn't track it. It was no people out there that we were connecting with. But God did that on purpose. Because now we connected with people that are all over the United States. That come to church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. That aren't here. And there's some people that have legitimate reasons why they're isolating. But it's a whole lot of people. I'm talking about Christendom all over the world that are using it as a convenience to stay home. And there's nothing wrong with staying home. But the thing you got to understand you can't be in fellowship by yourself. You can't be together by yourself. Aren't we talking about being together? And it's coming from not something out of conjured up, but it's the word of God. That was his whole intent. And this is not to make nobody feel guilty or to make you feel like I'm calling you out. But I want you to understand something. We sang the song last week that said, I need you and you need me. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. I need you and you need me. But we can't be together if we're not together. See, you can join in and be a part, but togetherness goes beyond that. So I want you to know that we love you. We miss you. And I'm going to say this to you. I want you to pray and ask God. See, the thing about it is this. This church and many churches are some of the safest places you can go. 
I'm just going to keep it real today. See, because we do everything that we can do to make sure it's safe. Oh, yeah, we social distance. We make sure there's enough space between people that they're not sitting up on top and breathing on top of each other. They wear masks. We are cleaning the building. We are wiping down and sanitizing. Sanitizing stations outside and, and, and people are wiping down stuff that's common touch places. But when you go to the grocery store, when you go to the movie theater, when you go to your favorite eating establishments, you don't know what they're doing in there. You don't know if they wipe anything down. But you go there without a second thought. Now that wasn't where I was going today, but that's where God took me. Because it needs to be said, not just for here, but everywhere. Because I see people out everywhere. But the church. They go to the gym. One of the worst places, they ain't wiping down nothing in the gym. And if you work for a gym, I'm not trying to call you out. But you know, I watch. Put a weight down, somebody grab it. Ain't nobody came and wiped the weight off. If you don't wipe the bench off, you get right on the bench and somebody just got off sweating. But we go there without a second thought. But I'm not going to church because I don't want to go in the church building because there's going to be people in there. And there's a good chance that somebody might, 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 might give me COVID. One day I was in Costco and I looked around in Costco. Do you know how many people were in Costco's? Some with masks and some without masks. But we'll walk in there. We'll check on something that we just touched on the aisle. We don't know who just had their hands on it. Pick it up, look at it, check it out. I don't know if I might not get this one. Put it back. Ain't nobody wiping it off. Now, let me move on. It's getting late. It's getting late. Move on. I can stay there all day. <laughs> Peace. Peace. See, see, he came. The Prince of Peace came so that we can have peace together. Peace with one another. How? Through the Holy Spirit. See, peace is not without controversy. I told you that earlier. Paul showed us in the text that the Jews and the Gentiles were at odds. But, but the wall of hostility was torn down and what separated them was removed. 
Because Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, peace, togetherness is what resulted. Aren't you glad about that? That we don't have to be separated. See, what was he saying to us? He, he was saying uh, 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 that the peace that he gives, it transcends the chaos. He didn't say we weren't going to have it, but it transcends it. Chaos, confusion, controversy. Our circumstances in life, the peace that he gives is beyond that. Philippians 4 and 7 says this, and the peace of God which transcends all your understanding. I shared it earlier. Would do what? It will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Hmm. See, see, the transcending peace of God that comes through Jesus is what helps us to be in peace together. That's what helps foster the vertical to the horizontal. The transcending peace. It's beyond our understanding, but it exists. All we got to do is walk in it. All right, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got a little bit to go. I'm, I'm going to move on. So I talked about peace and what it is and what it's not. And so now we just want to focus on a little bit, you know, how you get it. And there was this benefit. So first, 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 we obtain peace by being in the presence of peace. <laughs> I already told you who peace is. So if you want to experience peace, you got to be where peace is. You got to be connected to peace. You got to be in the presence of peace. That sounds real easy, doesn't it? Why do we have such a hard time doing it? <laughs> See, just like the, the Jews and the Gentiles, they, they had something that separated them. In this life, we got all kind of stuff that we allow to separate us. Political affiliation, you over there, you with that group, you with the red ones, one with the blue. Oh, oh, to be vaxxed or unvaxxed. To wear a mask or not to wear a mask. We let all this stuff get in the way. See, we need peace. We need peace. All right, now, I'm, I'm going to step on some toes just a little bit. Not a whole lot. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. When your toes get stepped on, if you don't say ouch real loud, won't nobody know but you. <laughs> See, because James 3, 16 and 18 says this. For where envy, self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable come on somebody say pure and peaceable ah uh, gentle willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality I'm gonna say that one more time without partiality and without hypocrisy Now the fruit of righteousness is sown where? In peace. By those who do what? Make peace. So if you're part of the divide, 
You're not operating in peace. You're not sowing peace. You're not representing peace. You're a part of the confusion, the envy. It's God's word. But I told you, if that's you, just say ouch to yourself. But I don't want you to stay there. <sighs> Jesus erased the dividing lines. He erased everything that separates us. Why in the world will we put the dividers back in? See, peace is not a thing. <laughs> peace is a person. <laughs> see, see, Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you search for me. See, you're trying to find peace. Seek God with all your heart. See, in other words, what you're saying, Pastor Charles, experiencing peace is a matter of your heart. See, the reason why we have so much discord in life is the heart matter. The reason why we have so much division is the heart. Because Jesus told us to love our enemies. Those that despitefully use you, those that you know have nothing but disdain for you. He told us to love them. So how in the world are we going to allow ourselves to be separated and divided in Christ's body? That's a whole nother message. I can, I can just get on that one and stay. But before you can experience peace, you got to get your heart right. See, purity of the heart comes before peace. Colossians 3.15 says this. Said, let the peace of Christ rule where? In your hearts. It's not a head thing. It's not because you walk around with a peace sign on your shirt. It's not because you can do like this. Says, since as members of one body, somebody say one body, you were called to what? Peace. That means if you've been called to peace, that means you can't walk around with a divided mindset. He didn't say you were invited because you could turn an invitation down. He said you were called to it. That's what you're supposed to be doing. See, peace got to rule your heart. Man. True Christianity, it, it, it comes from the heart. It's a heart thing. See, I tell people all the time when they come to God, you're going to be the same way as far as what you look like when you came in. You're going to be the same. If you wear glasses, you're going to have on glasses. God can heal your eyes in the midst of it. But if he doesn't heal your eyes, you're going to still have your glasses on.
Not to mess with nobody that's bald-headed, but if you were bald-headed when you got saved, you're going to be bald-headed when you walk away from the altar. And bald's not bad. I'm on my way. But the point is, the change takes place in the heart. <laughs> Peace got a rule. We got to commit our hearts and our minds to the things above. See, when we do that, that means that we're going to do everything according to God. Everything we do, everything we say, every way we act, it's going to represent Him. Not what the world says. Not to please man, but to please God. Then when He does that, God's going to give us peace. He's going give to us, give us that inner calmness that we need when we're in the midst of circumstances. See, we're trying to understand why, why do we get so out of sorts when things get a little bit out of whack, out of, in disarray? It's because we're not walking in the peace of God. That means something's going on that you need to search your heart for. God, what is it? Am I harboring something? God, am I not doing something? Am, am, I, am I following some wrong pathway? It's a self-reflection. But I know why some of the body of Christ, I'm not talking about Bethel members, I know why some of the body of Christ are not walking in that way. It's because the way that you begin to, to understand peace and to understand God is what's found in Colossians 3.16. It says, it says this, it says, let the message of Christ dwell richly as you teach and admonish one another through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What are you saying, Pastor Charles? What's the message of Christ? If you don't know, just look at your Bible. That's the message of Christ. All of his word is the message of Christ. And the scripture says, let that message dwell. And if you're letting that message dwell, that means you're going to be walking that message out. But if you don't ever open up the book, if you don't ever spend time learning it and, 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 and going through the sanctification process, which is part of that, you won't be there. See, the Word of God, the Bible tells us to grow in our knowledge. Grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge of the educational system, of the college, of the academia. No, it says of God, the Word of God. I'm almost finished. Team, you can, matter of fact, you can come on back up. We'll get it dismissed. So finally, what's the benefit? Because you know God always got a benefit for us. See, he's going to give us all these instructions. He's going to let us know, boy, if you walk that way, if you do what I say, if you, if you walk in the peace that I've established for you, if you walk together, my God. See, the answer is found at the end part of, of Philippians chapter uh, 4, verse 7. See, what does it say? It says, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, don't you understand when you begin to walk this way, when you begin to, 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 to allow the peace of God to be what leads and guides you, 
Jesus, he's not, God is saying this. He says, I'm going to guard your heart. I'm going to keep those things from being able to have an effect on you. That's how you can experience peace. Peace is not the absence of controversy and chaos. It's the fact that you are right in the midst of it, but yet and still, you're just as calm as the underside of a pillow. Cool, calm, and collected. You ever flip your pillow over, it's just as cool. And you're walking through the most tumultuous thing, but yet and still, I'm man, oh my God. Why? Because of the peace of God. It's going to protect you. It keeps our minds from worry. It keeps us from anxiety. It keeps us from getting depressed. It keeps us from allowing all the things the enemy wants to bring in to distract us from coming in. See, in this place is where we have total victory. Because we know we're walking in the peace of God. We have victory over the schemes of the devil. Remember we said his, his, his love is so high that before the enemy can even begin to figure out how I'm going to get down there to mess with them, God already, that's all you got. You can't mess with them because they ain't my peace. See, the peace of God is what gives you the strength to step on the devil's head. See, because you have to understand something. See, the devil can be a scary. He's a scary spirit. He can try to put fear in you. And when you want to stand up against the enemy, you're going to need some strength. You can't stand up against him in your own power. But when God's peace, when he gives you the power to do that, you don't have a problem saying, oh, devil, I'm stepping on your head. You don't have a problem saying, devil, get out of here. Uh, you, don't tell him, you don't have a problem telling him, oh, you're a defeated foe. But you can't do that if you don't have the peace of God. Because you're going to start feeling nervous about it. You're going to be, oh, uh, you know, the devil, he might come at me harder. I'm about to close. I'm, I, that's my one closing, or was it my two? That was my second one. Oh my goodness, I said I was going to do but one. <laughs> Not only that, the peace of God also gives us access to the Father. <laughs> the peace of God. In verse 17 of our text today, it says, and he, talking about Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were afar off. You know, we were afar off when we were in our sins, right? You do know that. And those who were near. For through him, we both have access <laughs> by one spirit to the Father. Come on, stand up on your feet today. Together is not just an accident. Together is not just a, a catchy phrase or something that we decided we were going to put forth this year. 
But I truly believe this is what God is desiring of his body. I keep saying all the time, I've heard others say as well, he's soon to return. But he can't return to a fractured church, a fractured body. He can't return to a separated body. But when the Father says it's time, he's coming. He's coming. And that's when you're going to find those that say, God, I did this and that and the other in your name. And even though they did this, that, and the other, for some who allowed other things, who didn't walk it the way he said to do it, He's going to say, depart, because I don't know you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live this life and walk this way and get to the end and be turned away at the door. And so I just sense today that God wants to heal some hearts of the believers first. Because I just sense that there are those of us that have allowed the divide to rise back up in our hearts. I don't know what it is or why it is, but God said today, you can lay it down. You can lay it down. And before we dismiss, we're going to do it like this. We're going to start from the back of the church. And if that's you, all I want you to do, get it in your heart. I want you to walk down the aisle. We'll start on this side and this side. Come on down the aisle, you go back up. We're going to run all into each other. We're going to start with these two sections right here. And we're not going to take all day. Because you already know your heart. So come on. All I want you to do is an act of submission to God. God, I'm going to lay it down today. Every ill will I have in my heart toward people, toward things, toward positions, Whatever it is, I want you to come. Come on now. I'm not going to waste some time. If nobody moves from this section, I'm going to move to the next. If, you, if nobody's moved from behind you and that's you, come on. You just need to go ahead. Don't wait for nobody. You need to come on. So everybody in these two sections here is walking and experiencing the peace of God because they have no ill will in their heart. They have nothing in their heart that will get in the way. Start right on over here in this section. Come on now. That section, y'all, come on now. All you're going to do is walk around and go back up the aisle. And come on. Come on, do the same thing on this side. And then we're ready to dismiss.
See, because the only way we're going to be effective is we're going to be together. We got to have the same focus, the same mind, the same mission, the same desire. Because if we don't come together, we always going to be lagging behind. We always are not going to be have the power and the anointing that we need to have for this day and time. You see, we got to stop being afraid. We got to stop being ashamed to let God know. God already knows. That's the thing about it. He already knows every heart in the house, every heart online today. He already knows your heart. So you're only hiding anything from me, and I'm not standing in judgment of anybody because I want us all to be together as one. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to dismiss without allowing opportunity for somebody who doesn't know him to be saved today. Because if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, you're already outside of the peace of God. And so I want to give you the opportunity today to, to get connected with him. Is there one in the house today? Is there one online today? If you're online today, you can click that link. If you're in the house today, I need you to come. Is there one? We're about to dismiss. There's one online today. We're going to pray. We're going to say this prayer. Could be somebody online. And even if there's somebody in the house who didn't have the strength to step out. If you repeat the prayer from the sincerity of your heart, God still does what he says. You will be new. So would you repeat this prayer? Dear Jesus, I stand before you today recognizing that you are the Savior of the world. I ask you today to forgive me of all my sins, all my transgressions. Cleanse me and make me new. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you today for saving me. Just that quick. It's done just that quick. If you made that declaration today, and you're online, if you make that, if you click on that link today, there's somebody standing waiting to connect with you. If you're in this house today, if you're in this house today and you made that link, make sure you see myself. I see Reverend Kevin over here. If you see him, raise your hand up, Reverend Kevin, real high. He's the guy that looks like me, but I got a little more hair. See him, please. Come on, lift your hands to God today. Father, we thank you. We praise you, God, for this day. We thank you for your peace. God, the peace that, oh God, just transcends, surpasses our understanding, God. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to enter into a place of peace with you. God, that we, got, we get to access the Father, God, through the peace that Jesus gives us. Lord, we thank you for that today. I, my, my desire, God, my heart's desire is that everyone under the sound of my voice today would experience your peace in such a way that regardless of the chaos, the confusion, or the controversy, God, they're just walking just as calm and cool 
a collective because they're in your peace. Lord, we thank you for that today. We ask you to bless us, be with us, God, as we leave this place. But never your presence. Keep us, bring us back again at the next appointed time. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.